all right hello hello welcome back my litty loves welcome back to when we're poetic with your host storm and flicky flicky keith, keith. <laughs> this is a podcast i have to say every time about a black king and queen coming together to discuss and dissect literature so if you love literature i'm saying you love black work black writers this is a wonderful place to be um lately there's been an increase in hate <laughs> i can't say it any other way and negativity directed towards black women on social media and to be real the attack on black femininity is nothing new now we covered this topic about a year ago uh you can go back and listen to that uh, episode if you haven't heard it yet it was pretty good um however i felt it necessary to combat the current like onslaught of uh so-called male and black female uh got my little quotes up influencers masquerading their insecurities as care and concern for us for like black women um belittling black women and comparing us to women of other races etc is again nothing new so i'm not gonna label it disgusting I'm just gonna say at this point it's annoying like it's not cute um keith are you aware of this trend of this like social media influencer trend of, Come of on, the, the guys it's women too that I'm not are aware, like, i'm not aware of women i'm aware of the guys guys like really saying hateful mean things towards black women in like this disguise of example you want an example? Yeah. Uh, like, um, well, I'm not going to name any names. Right. But, um, like, basically telling black women that they're aiming too high when they say they want a certain type of man. Um, calling black women, like, on a whole, like, unhealthy, fat, like, just coming for, saying that their preferences in general are not black women because of the general stereotypes that we've been forced by for so many years now. Ghetto, loud, um, uh, coming for single mothers, which is a, I mean, it's epidemic in our communities, but coming for just single mothers and black women making it seem like it's their fault. Um, when, you know, we all know it takes two wiki wiki two to tango things of that nature hmm. does that ring a bell well like i said in the last episode i'm not a consumer of social media so so you don't hear it i haven't like heard it much but it's been a but, lot more. but i've heard of particular characters that are well known got you in the social media realm about how they feel about black women and how what the black women should be expecting and what a black man should be expecting or a mate should be expecting and stuff like that i've heard and seen some of those videos okay um well yeah like i said it's like seems to be an increase in this trend and it's actually like i said it's just annoying um so i just thought it would be it'd be who was to just take a breather chill out a bit and love up on black women a little more than usual this episode. Um, it is Women's History Month. Uh, but first, as usual, we're going to be respectful and begin with our greetings. So, my good man, how are you? How are you? 
you look like you <laughs> you look like you may not be uh okay sir are you not okay i'll be fine okay how are you <laughs> i am doing wonderful i am blessed i am too okay that's um, my current state does not reflect my blessings uh, he was upset about some personal things guys that we will not get into <laughs> Uh, what's the last thing I'm you bothered. Ate? I'm not upset. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. What was the question? What was the last thing you ate? Cauliflower steak. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to have to join you on that one. That was very, Rice very pilaf. delicious. Cauliflower steak. And steamed broccoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that together. And it was a delightful meal. If y'all want to try that out. Nope. <laughs> it was really good. It was. It was hearty, too. Um, how well did you sleep? How long did you sleep last night? I slept twice, actually. I woke up, fell asleep on the couch, woke up, and then I was up for a little bit, and then I think I slept for another three hours, three and a half hours or so. So that's about seven-ish. How about you? Mm. I had really good sleep. Oh. <laughs> I had um, an amazing time sleeping uh, last night. Oh. <laughs> sleeping early. Uh, no, I actually went to sleep. Well, I went to sleep you late. Did sleep early. You woke it was up early. again. Oh, went to sleep early. I slept really good. Um, then I woke up and then I was up for a little bit. And then somebody, I mean, something. Um, things put me back to sleep <laughs> and that was a, a joy to uh, experience <laughs> so um, I guess I slept twice too why are your voice breaking up <clears throat> because I don't know why I'm just saying that I slept twice and that um, let's move forward yes let's do let's do <laughs> Um, but yeah, slept a while, slept good. Today's um, topic, we're going to be covering two poems. It's going to be Black Woman by Georgia Douglas Johnson and I Am a Black Woman by Marie Evans. You know what I'm saying? The theme? Y'all got the theme? Yes. Let's do it. So I'm going to read both poems and we're going to start off with Black Woman. Oh, excuse me, guys. We're going to start off with Black Woman by Georgia Douglas Johnson. You ready? Black woman, don't knock at my door, little child. I cannot let you in. You know not what a world this is of cruelty and sin. Wait in the still eternity until I come to you. The world is cruel, cruel, child. I cannot let you in. Don't knock at my heart, little one. I cannot bear the pain of turning deaf air to your call time and time again. You do not know the monster men inhabiting the earth. Be still, be still, my precious child. I must not give you birth. The end. Hmm. And that is Georgia Douglas, ladies and gentlemen, poet, Harlem Renaissance figure. Harlem Renaissance, I'm going to do a quick uh, um, 
What is it? Synopsis. Black cultural mecca starting in Harlem neighborhood from 1910 to the 1930s. This was a golden era for black culture, art, music, etc. So she was a Harlem Renaissance figure, playwright, editor, music teacher, and school principal. She was born September 10th, 1880. Passed away May 14th, 1966. May she rest in peace. Um, A Virgo. Who's a Virgo in this room? No, we didn't know. Uh, <laughs> quick thinkers, <laughs> sensible, loyal, detail-oriented, earth sign, patient, okay. practical, uh, but they can also be stubborn mm. and inflexible. Mm. Virgos. I don't believe that. Uh, <laughs> lies. A member. <laughs> um, like I said before, she was a member of the Harlem Renaissance. Um, she was always working. I say I love poets that are always putting out work. She wrote 200 poems, 40 plays, um, 30 songs and edited 100 books. Go, Georgia. Um, she was referred to as Lady Poet of the Negro Renaissance because her home was a meeting place for black thinkers of the time to meet and exchange ideas. And her home was um, 1461 South Street, Northwest Washington, D.C. Wow. Whoop, whoop, D.C. Um, they called her home the S Street Salon. I wonder black folks still live there. I think they, it was taken over, but they tried to still keep it like a like a part of culture in it. Like, I think there's books there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we should go visit. We should. Go check it out. If it's open, I'll look that up. Hopefully black people own it. I know. That would be... <laughs> that would be nice. That's a good question, though. I'll mm-hmm. look that up. If y'all know, please uh, hit me up. Um, throughout the 1920s and early 1930s, black artists, poets, and playwrights, including Hughes... Cullen, um, Grim K, W.E.B. Du Bois, um, James Alden Johnson, things of that, uh, things of that nature, Lord. Artists such as those would meet weekly for cultural gatherings, um, and they also called it uh, Saturday Nighters, right? That sounds so dope to be a fly on the wall in that room. Yeah. Uh, she was a widow mother of two sons, right? So this is the mother that wrote this poem. Let's break it down, right? So at the beginning, she comes with, don't knock at my door, little child, right? So don't knock at my door, metaphor, not actual door, but her womb's door. Don't knock at my womb, right? Um, And she's referring to a child that she wants to have, but cannot have, or will not have, I should say. Mm. Please, excuse me, y'all. I will tell you what I'm drinking right now, but... uh, we had to wait a long time to get this drink, <laughs> so I will not promote it unless you know they pay us. Mm. Sorry, y'all. I had to take a sip. All right, so she's addressing a child that she um, will not have. Right, I cannot let you in, and she's saying, "You know not what a cruel, you know not what a world this is of cruelty and sin." And so she's saying that this is such a cr- cruel world for black women, right? And when she's saying wait in the still eternity until I come for you, she's basically, it's a cruel world for black women and it seems like it always has been. And there's this idea, because wait in the still eternity, that it always will be, right? So she has this idea of like, I cannot have, she wants to have this child and she does not want to, you know, she's telling the child I can't have you because this world is just, it's just so cruel to black women, mm. right? Um, coming on down when she says don't knock at my heart little one uh, she's acknowledging her desires for motherhood and that her desires are strong but the responsibility that comes with exposing your child to a world that is so 
unforgiving to black women is is overbearing you know when this way she says i cannot bear the pain like that's just it's too much you know of turning deaf ear to your call time and time again um and then she says uh you do not know the monster men inhabiting the earth be still be still my precious child i must not give you birth right and when she's saying you do not know the monster men again she's speaking um monster men you you talk to children like that right monster guys mm-hmm. like so she's still speaking to this child and speaking to a person that's not there speaking to a person that's absent is a um like it's a writing device poetic device technique called apostrophe um and not the punctuation mark <laughs> it's when the you know this the writer is speaking to someone who is not there clearly mm-hmm. but it's or something that's personified and in this case it's a child that she wants to have but just is unwilling to expose to the craziness of this world mm-hmm. um so short poem but i think it hits its mark the themes that i acknowledge in this is opting out of motherhood which having conversations with so many black women um it's becoming more and more popular for black women to just say no i'm good um because of, I, I do realize that this is amongst other reasons, but the underlying reason it, is this world is just so cold to black women. Um, and black motherhood, again, femininity, is always under attack. And it's just such an unforgiving world for us that a lot of women is just... Many reasons. Not into it. Um, acknowledgement of how unsafe it is to be a black mother in this current society. Um, I think I hear see more women speaking up about this being transparent about their emotions in reference to this where i think back then uh when i was younger it wasn't even something that was said or addressed you know so um i kind of like the transparency the authenticity that is that black women are allowing us to see with each other and with the world um more and more women feeling this way and expressing this um yeah i kind of explain that reason um so i thought that was kind of a good not a good but a good point to make i mean georgia was feeling like this years ago and i feel like just now it's becoming more acceptable black women are being more seen in reference to um how they feel or the ugly side of black motherhood Mm. um what were did you have any takeaways from this poem I think it's um, unfortunately honest. It's a little rough, right? Yeah, and uh, definitely to the point of the apprehension of being a black woman and a mother of an unborn child. You can apply that to being a mother or a father as well to a son or a daughter. I would love a poem on a male perspective. Yeah. That would be dope, too. But, but I mean, I, I feel like men have been vocal about that. <laughs> I think so, don't you think? Vocal about what? Their apprehensions for bringing black children into this world. I didn't say that, that. I mean, it's still, just because we've been vocal about it, I mean, it doesn't, it's not prevalent or it's not a, okay. you know. I feel you. Not still something that's on the minds. But true. Okay. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right, you ready to go on to the next poem? Yeah. All right, so the next poem's going to be I Am a Black Woman. Mm. 
Okay, this is gonna be by Marie Evans. Excuse me, guys. I don't know if you heard that. Ooh. So here we go. I am a black woman. I am a black woman. The music of my song, some sweet arpeggio of tears, is written in a minor key, and I can be heard humming in the night. Can be heard humming in the night. I saw my mate leap screaming to the sea, and I, with these hands, cupped the life breath from my issue in the cane break. I lost Nat's swinging body in a rain of tears and heard my son scream all the way from Enzio for peace he never knew. I learned the nang and pork chop hill in anguish. Now my nostrils know the gas and these trigger tired fingers seek the softness in my warrior's beard. I am a black woman, tall as a cypress, strong beyond all definition, still defying place and time and circumstance assailed, impervious, indestructible. Look on me and be renewed. Amen. I mean, uh-huh. the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is I Am a Black Woman by Marie Evans. Let's get into this woman, right? This is going to be poet, author, playwright, activist, and teacher. Born July 16th, 1923. Um... Hold on, March 10th, 2017. And what was that? July 16th. I've got to check the zodiac sign. She's a Cancer. That's important to me. She's a Cancer, y'all. <laughs> Which you can kind of tell. Y'all know y'all Cancers be super emo, water signs. Um, uh, she was a part of the Black Arts Movement. Um, and that's why we went over the Black... Um, the Harlem Renaissance, to differentiate from the Black Arts Movement, came out later, and this was the Black Nationalist Movement involving politically motivated artists that focused on music, literature, visual arts, etc. This was from 1965 to 1975. Just think of Mary Baraka. Mm. <laughs> when I think the Black Arts Movement, he just encapsulated all that is involved in Walking the Black Arts Movement. Synonymously. Yes. <laughs> words of black nationalism pretty much um she was influenced by langston hughes who also supported her writing uh she wrote directed and produced a television show called the black experience from 1968 to 1973 um the black experience period not the show our collective experience as black people that was always the focus of her work which i find incredibly admiring um that she never strayed from that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing when everything that you do is for the empowerment of your people. I love that so much when I see that in artists. Um, and she was an activist for prison reform. Like, come on. Come on, Miss Evans. <laughs> like, you know, somebody just doesn't get... That's how I feel. Like, I don't ever get tired of fighting for black people. Right. I never get tired. Um, and she's a divorced mother of two sons. Right? So, let's get into the actual poem. Um, Because hers was a little thicker. (laughs) And that's going to be, one, I'm a black woman. The music of my song, some sweet arpeggio of tears, is written in a minor key. Now, uh, as a black woman, our pain is just, this heartbreak. Well, firstly, some sweet arpeggio of tears, right? That's going to be a musical reference. So she goes with the music of my song. 
right? And she stays on theme with this musical reference of arpeggio. Y'all let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> I think it's arpeggio. It's arpeggio. Arpeggio. Um, and that's going to be a noun word for a broken chord or a chord where the individual notes are struck one by one instead of like together, like melodiously. Okay. Um, so when she's saying, you know, some sweet arpeggio, arpeggio tears, um, of tears, um, I just see it as she's saying, like, as a black woman, her pain is one heartbreak after the other. Mm. Like, it just, just like the notes going one by one. Um, and then it's written in a minor key, which I took minor to be literal. Um, meaning that as a black woman, pain her is pain is minimized. minimized. Like it's, yeah, like it's just, you Not know. as significant as someone else's. Yes, but it can also be taken as the actual minor key for a lot of musicians here. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the minor key is usually heard as a sad sound versus the major key, which people usually interpret to be like a happier sound. So... Not only is, like, her song, you know what I'm saying? The music of her song is, like, one heartbreak after the other. It's extremely sad, and it's minimized, right? Um, and then when she says, I can be heard humming in the night, I interpret this to mean nighttime, when all is quiet, everyone's asleep. So, essentially, no one's listening, right? It's, no one's listening, or when all else is quiet, um, that's when you can hear a pain. Like, everything is drowning us out. Again, mm-hmm. back to it being minimized, right? Then, well, we're going to get into the next line where she says, I saw my mate leap screaming to the sea. And this is going to be our first historical reference. Um, and that's to the Middle Passage. The Middle Passage, we all know by now, is the forced voyage of enslaved Africans across the Atlantic Ocean to the New World. And many enslaved Africans... Um, basically jumped into the ocean to their death, preferring death over kidnap and torture. That's basically. Um, so when she says, I saw my mate leaving to the, uh, sorry, leap screaming to the sea, she's screaming of that, screaming, good Lord. Speaking of that historical reference of black women having to see the outstrong black men, I mean, it was black women and men, jump to the sea, right? And kill themselves because of this this terrible situation that they were in. Then she says, And I with these hands cup the life breath from my issue in the cane break. Another historical reference. So Africans, um, the cane break, Africans having to work on the sugarcane plantations. Women, black women in particular, had the unique experience of having to not only work like a man, but be subject to rape and pregnancy. And also behind that, having their children stolen from them and sold. Um, so that's her hands cupped the life breath, right? Her issue in the cane mm-hmm. break. Um, that's unique to black women. We go to another historical reference when she says, I lost Nat's swinging body in a rain of tears. Uh, and we are referencing mm-hmm. Nat Turner. Nat Turner. Turner slave rebellion in 1831. He was found. He was murdered. Um, and this is another example of how black women, like, remember how she was talking about heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak? She's explaining, you know what I'm saying, the song of her pain. Um, again, he was found and murdered. And this is another example of how black women have had to watch their men die at the hands of oppression 
and just again how painful it is and how we have never gotten a break we still have it ladies and gentlemen newsflash um and even though she was not there then this is part of her pain because we inherited this we inherited all of this pain that had happened to our people right um so yes we as black women are affected by this to this day and she said i heard my son scream all the way from enzio for peace he never knew the battle of enzio happened in world war ii and this was in italy um am i saying enzio correct enzio enzio keith is like half italian y'all he just knows a lot about italy um so anzio and that is uh sorry guys um that's when the allies battled against germany um many of the in that in that particular battle there were a lot of black black people black men that were recruited and how did they recruit us yeah yeah yeah, come fight and free these people and then you know i'm saying we might look out for y'all later if we feel like it, but of course we have come to learn that, that a lot of times that that didn't happen. And black people went and fought for freedom abroad and came home and without, we're not entitled. Without freedom. <laughs> with, no, with no freedom of We're not even entitled to uh, freedom, to peace. <laughs> we're not even entitled to peace in their own home country. Um, so, so much it hurt her son. Again, remember heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak, right? Um, uh, I learned the Dang Nong, da, sorry, I learned Da Nang and Pork Chop Hill in English. Vietnam. Vietnam, yes, sir. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I'm not that well versed on Vietnam War, y'all. That was heavy. Um, but Korean and Vietnam Wars, Da Nang was a city in Vietnam that held a large American air base, and Pork Chop Hill was a battle that resulted in many, many casualties um on the american side and even uh more from china again that was uh, another war in which black folks were recruited to go and fight for a freedom that they were not even afforded well, awarded not to mention not also to mention is we touched on an episode last year about well i mentioned is that the armed forces episode i think so about regiments, black regiments yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And how somehow the black people in these regiments that were all black were the first ones to be called up and the first ones to go on the front lines to advance in front of the white people. And last and they were, day. And they, were, <laughs> and they were the ones to take the charge and lead the way. Still not receiving freedom for themselves, Right. And she's saying, I learned about this in anguish. Again, these things are painful experiences that happen one after the other. And this is a black woman's experience having to watch this, having to be a part of this. And then she's saying, now my nostrils know the gas and these trigger tie fingers seek the softness in my warrior's beard. Despite all of this trauma, black women still look to black men for peace and protection. We do. We love you, black men. <laughs> we do, despite all of this. Um, we still want our men. Like after all of this attack, after all of this disrespect, um, this is still how we feel, right? Um, then she goes, "I'm a black woman, tall as a cypress. A uh, cypress tree is um, a special tree in many cultures. It's a symbol of immortality. Um, 
and uh, an emblem of like life after death. It's often found near cemeteries. Um, and because it's like a straight, it's part of like the evergreen family, but it goes straight up. People take it for like being strong and like a proud and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, just, just the upward movement just represents like progression and resilience. Um, and let me see. She's basically saying, like, she's tall as a cypress, strong, beyond all definitions, still defined place, time, and circumstance. She remains strong despite this complicated and bloody history. Still a cypress, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then she assailed, right? Violently attacked, verb. Uh, impervious is an adjective for impenetrable, right? Mm. Indestructible. Basically, she's unbreakable. You know what I mean? And then ends with, look on me and be renewed. And I love how she ends it with confidence, with with clarity, with um, just a simple explanation of, despite all this, we are still an inspiration. We still give, after all of this taken from us, we're still able to give life, to give inspiration, to give love. Um, and... Again, like that little cockiness, like look at us and be blessed. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think, again, on our last year, we had an episode on black femininity and and just that softness, that like, that beautiful black feminine pride, right? And these are, these are themes that I take from it. This black feminine pride, this is what I grew up with. Like that, just that soft cockiness. And we don't have to be like the men. We don't have to overcompensate for everything. We're beautiful just the way that we are. Um, and we can still be gentle and still be in touch with our femininity. Um, I love the historical context of our pain and strength because I'm, I'm always here for the reminder. I'm always here for the reminder. I think, again, the way that people talk, the way all the stuff that I hear on social media, um, just how easily, it, how easily it is to dismiss a black woman's pain, I think... Um, I'm always here for anybody that is referencing a historical context of our pain and our strength. Because, like, never forget, you know, y'all white people love to never forget 9-11, never get the black woman's pain, right? And so, um, I think that's it. This is strength in being soft. Those are all my themes that I took away from it. And what about you? Hmm. Mm. Right off the bat, for me, it, it really does highlight the unfortunate reality of why for many of these reasons that we explain in this poem the single black mother why there is what like what do you mean why the single black mother meaning meaning that Like how she feels? Well, why she's being so vocal? Throughout, uh, just throughout the history of the existence of black man and black woman as being a unit. There's been an assault on that as a unit. And therefore, out of that, out of that necessity, you have a woman that has to take on the responsibility and take on the need and take on the the caregiver and take on the, the
the strength energy, and take yes. on the energy and take on all of these things that are equal to what a black man is supposed to bring to this union. But if he ain't there and if he did, or if he's murdered, or if he's in jail, or if he's incarcerated, or if he's in trouble, these are all the things that black women have to become to be the strong black woman, quote unquote. And um, it's, it's, uh, black women are incredible. And just like when I said in, my, in the last afterthought, I said, you know, we come from greatness. That wasn't me talking out of my behind. It's real. We do. We do. I love from the crown of Africa and all of the civilizations that we come from in Africa through all of the trials that has happened in our history, through every branch of our tree of life to now. It's just worth understanding. It's worth understanding and worth realizing uh, you know, that fact, and that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. I received that. I received that, sir. Um, are you ready to rate it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about our rating system, similar to the five-star rating system. Uh, instead, we choose five sons to represent a focus on the stars that matter to us, basically, right? Who's us? Who's we? Huh. <laughs> Black folks, y'all. Um, so we're going to go with the first one. Black woman. What you going to rate that? I like four and four. Oh, four and four for both. Yeah. Is there a reason why we're missing a son? On both? Um, well, we'll start black woman. What's what's missing for you? Like, hmm. why is it not a five? Does it just not hit? It's just a feeling. Okay. Okay. I like them both, though. So that's the reason for both of them? Yeah. Okay. I am going to go with... uh, I'm going to go with Black Woman a four. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving that a four. It's not going to be five sons because... um, Kind of like what I said before, I love a good reminder. And just saying that, you know, you know what a world this is of cruelty and sin. Um, I'm like, now, sis, tell them. Tell them exactly why cruelty and sin. Tell them exactly why you don't want this child to come here. Um, So that's kind of how I feel. Sorry, Georgia. But I felt like it was a little too safe. Context is very important to me, too. If you're going to try to speak truth. BDT about away. your truth. Go all the way. Yeah. Um, Don't say them. Who's them? Right. Now don't get me started. And I'm going with five for I'm a black woman because mm. it's when she says I'm a black woman, this can be. I don't know any black woman that cannot relate to this poem. So it's not. She's speaking for all of us. Anybody can read this and yeah, that they feel that. They feel that inherited trauma they feel that inherited complicated history like all black women have that unfortunately um and she gave historical references receipts as as the kids say today she came with receipts (laughs) 
and I saw this and I saw that and I experienced this. This is why I say it's heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And I still want my man. I like this one. You know what I mean? Better, a little better because she she found a way to write this not in a not in a diminishing, oversimplifying way, but she said in very little words, um, a lot that has happened over centuries. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It has a great balance, definitely. Yeah. And and ended on a positive note. Like, yeah. it still ended for our people. Still ended for, like, you yeah. know, still ended cocky. That's, like, all I can think about. Like, you know what I mean? Look at me and be renewed, despite all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that part. So that's why I'm giving that one a five, five sons. And I also want to further... Um, emphasize the differences between the Harlem Renaissance and the Black Arts Movement, um, and it's also a sign of the times, right? The Harlem Renaissance was the beginning, like the mecca. You know what I mean? Like people leaving the South and like starting to speak up for themselves and their Black experience. And so I can understand why a lot of times, because um, I think we've read a couple of other poems where it's like. It's a little too safe for me, bro. Well, yeah. at least I did. You know what I mean? That and then that Martin Luther King one for me. Yeah. When, he, when he was in <laughs> Europe. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then we have uh, <laughs> the black arts movements with, um, I can, I believe I can speak for the both of us, Keith and I, more, uh, what's the word? Um, a more connect. We, we connect more to the black arts movement. Right. Um Amira Baraka. <laughs> so we can connect more to like that's that's where it's more confrontational. It's a little more rough. You know, like Tina Turner, she's like, We ain't always had it easy. Like the mm. black arts move is like, <laughs> we're gonna give it to you a little rough. Um, so yeah. And again, and it was for us, like, right? Okay. So I love that part. So we're going to all right, that's our rating, Mr. Four and Four. Mm -hmm. Um, still still dope, still high ratings. Are we ready for our bars, bars. segment? Oh. You go first. Oh, really? <laughs> All right. Thank scared. you, Jenna. <laughs> I ain't you never scared. Like scared. What? I ain't never scared. Yeah. All right. Don't let me get bone crusher like up in here. You need all the bone crusher oh. you can get. <laughs> so I'm going to go with 2019. Uh, the year 2019. And this is one of Keith's favorite artists in. <laughs> His look, we have got to start recording our, our shows. His uh, one of his favorite artists, Beyonce. Oh my god! <laughs> Keep loving some Beyonce, y'all. If you, you ever meet him, Beyonce. if you ever meet him, you ever go out and you Just see us in a bar somewhere, right uh, play Beyonce and like dedicate it like to no Beyonce. Keith. <laughs> and it's Brown Skin Girl. Thank you. Uh, off of the that Lion King soundtrack. Did you ever see that movie? I didn't. No. Um, but I'd rather keep my 1985 six or whatever <laughs> Lion King yeah, version. The of original is bomb. Yeah, that's why I didn't go see it too. I can't can't mess with the original version. But the song was dope. Um, so here are my bars. Oh, have you looked in the mirror lately? Wish you could trade eyes with me, cause there's complexities in complexion, but your skin it glows like diamonds. Pigment like the earth, you be giving birth to everything alive. Baby, know your worth. I love everything about you from your nappy curls to every single curve of your body natural. Same skin that was broken, be the same skin taking over. 
most things out of focus view, but when you're in the room, my favorite line, they notice you. Because um, you're beautiful. Yeah, you're okay. beautiful. Those are my bars. I give it bars. I don't like Beyonce. Woohoohoohoo! That's big because he does not like Beyonce. At all. No. <laughs> we need to have an episode on why you don't like Beyonce. We need to have an afterthought. No I just don't. A th- afterthought on why you don't like Beyonce because she, she is amazing. All the time. That's she what. is beautiful. She's not yelling. She's she singing. Beautiful. It's crooning. Really? It's crooning. Oh my gosh! Lord have mercy. Who you got? Let me hear your bars. I'm every woman. Ooh. It's all in me. Come on now. Anything you want done, I'll do it naturally. Oof. I'm every woman. It's all in me. I can read your thoughts right now. Everyone from A to Z. I can cast a spell with secrets you can't tell. Ooh. Mix mm. a special brew. Put a fire inside of you. But anytime you feel danger or fear, instantly I will appear. Because I can sense your needs like rain onto the seeds. You know I'm gonna give that. You didn't even introduce it. Who? What Shaka year? Khan. What's going? Come on, y'all. I'm every woman. Come on, whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta listen to that song after this now. Now that is a bars all day, all night. We bow. Me and Beyonce. I, I'm gonna speak for her. Me mm. and Beyonce bow to those bars. Thank you, Shaka Khan. I love me some Shaka. Um, all right, cool. You did good, Keith. You did good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be having to um, teach Keith about music and stuff. <laughs> That's why you're laughing. <laughs> let's, let's go out. Uh, we covered two poems, ladies and gentlemen, um, by two multi-talented black women um, staying on theme for Women's History Month. This is when we're poetic. So, of course, we're going to pay a special homage to black women, to their voices, to their stories, to their talents. All day. Um, do we have any announcements? Nah, I think we good. Whole lot happening this year. There's a, a lot of things happening and, this year. But no year. announcements. But yeah, we y'all gonna have to wait on that. Y'all gonna have to wait. Um, uh, I do have shout outs. Shout outs to you all. Everybody, the numbers are looking good. Your listenership is consistent. Y'all really like our last um, afterthought. Which one was that? The one um, we just did? Yeah, the one really? we just did. Yeah, it was pretty high. Huh. In the last I, episode. I listened to it a few times myself. It was, it was, a, it was a good one. A good I mean, one. I really just think y'all like erotica and war. So, <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's deeper than that. But um, they were very, very good episodes. Thank you. We do not take it for granted, you guys. I'm um, spending, what's that, like about two By hours the way, a that, month with that, that, that I thought was what? a conversation. It wasn't unscripted about that. None of I our stuff is scripted, though. I know that, but I'm saying, I just want to. Oh, it like sparked Hi- from a natural... I just want to highlight that that conversation just came in the moment. Okay. So, like everything else. He's absolutely right. Like, the difference with, like, sometimes we'll sit back and be like, you know, let's have an afterthought. And then sometimes we are... That's how the afterthought was born. We're yeah, talking. We were talking. And, and I, we're like... I was like, we should be recording. Let's share this. Like, <laughs> let's share this with uh, with our community, with our, with our tribe, with you guys. Um, so anyway. yes, uh, what was I doing? Thanking you guys for listening and spending time with us every month, every two weeks. Um, not taking for granted at all. My dream 
is to emulate Georgia Douglas Johnson and many others who will like her because there were many others, Lacey Hughes, um, and that is to create a safe space for black thinkers that um, to come and exchange ideas with each other or be renewed by other black thinkers. Um, and one where poetic is the nascent of this dream. Like eventually it's going to be a physical place and we're going to do more physical things, but just having a place online, a safe space, period, where black thinkers can come and you don't got to hear people talking about how much they dislike you. You don't got to hear somebody or, coming in to a an event and then talk about what you ain't doing for another group like they did in, um, in D.C. Yes, exactly. That's what we mean by safe space. Your space. Yes. And, and I think we started out like like we started out with just like, you know, you could wear your afro here you know like you you don't gotta be scared this here you can be yourself here had a piece of paper in her hand then we got a whole episode on that and started reading off of this paper to the audience of black people oh my gosh what we should be doing for them was that an afterthought yes yes that was an afterthought so y'all can find that afterthought i forgot the name of it but it was just a it was surreal a terrible situation in which came out which is minding our black business and trying to enjoy a night of again we're steady trying to find which is why we're going to create it in the future soon but we're steady trying to find safe spaces for black thinkers black people to come and just be by ourselves and chill and enjoy each other and exchange ideas Mm. and so we were we try to come out and you know uh, what is it? Scout <laughs> little opportunities where we can enjoy that. And this Asian woman just came in and just destroyed it. Like just destroyed it really. Cause we didn't even get what we came for. It was terrible. To, um, y'all got to listen to that. Yeah, to thought. To yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, now that I think about it, that was really bad. I do have a quote and that's going to be from Naira Waid, uh, I think a book salt and it's African-American women are easy inferior africans are dirty jungle people african americans are lazy indolent african people are too black ugly african americans think they are better than us africans think they are better than us listen to the sound of us we are breaking our mother's heart the ancestors weep at how much we look like the hate that came to eat us and that's exactly how i feel when I hear things like this, when I hear black people coming for black people, when I hear this culture of belittling, um, and granted it's women's history and I'm highlighting black women because that's just the theme of this, but and that's men and women, like also, when we belittling each other, it's just so damaging. An extension of, of my thought in the last episode about, um, Losing yourself in a system of oppression. Yeah, that conditioning is real. It'll suck you in. Um, I do have a homework assignment. <laughs> and it's going to be redirecting you guys back to this trend of disrespecting black women. Um, this week's homework assignment is advice that is ages old. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just be quiet. If you are a black woman or man who is married, then advice on what women should do to become wives is not your lane. If you are actively assisting a black woman in child rearing or educating herself or her health, etc., then your opinions and unwarranted advice, because a lot of times it's unwarranted, advice on her vagina and how she shows up in life should be kept to yourself. A lot of these people that I see online who choose to be 
so vocal about the state of black women are unfit to speak on these matters in general. Uh, so leave us alone. Leave black women alone. We are not bothering anybody. We are just trying to mind our black business. And so I, as a black woman, would like to thank you in advance. Um, do you have anything else to add, babe? No. Uh, I think that's going to be it. Just, uh, again, I love you, black woman. Let's continue the culture of loving up on each other in general. Um, this is when we're poetic. Sending love and light your way. Peace. Goodbye, guys. Peace.